Hello and welcome to Central's podcast. We pray your heart is touched through listening and that it helps you in your walk with Jesus. Enjoy this message from a guest speaker. God is good, isn't he? It's wild, as your pastor said. It's kind of wild how God works things out the way he wants to work things out, you know. And sometimes I wish I'd know in advance, you know. Like I, like I have a little bit of planning, but oftentimes when God does things like this, it's because he doesn't want us to have anything to do with it. It wants to be all about him, you know, and so I'm excited and thankful. And so uh, before we dive into God's word, if you have your Bibles, you can find the book of Exodus. It shouldn't take you long. If you start in the left and go right, you'll get there a lot quicker. Exodus chapter 33, but um, a couple of things I just wanted to, to say before we get rolling is, first of all, big, huge thank you to the Jenkins. Man, we love you guys. Thanks so much. Uh, it's been an honor and a privilege. It, it really has, and uh, it's kind of wild. You know, we only live about 40 miles apart, and but God, I, it's just wild how God puts things together. So thanks so much, your staff, your team, uh, the Chandlers that's hosted us all week long. I mean, it's just been, it's been amazing what God is doing. I, I have loved watching you serve this week. So many of you have served and greeting and ushering and uh, on the worship team that have been up here. How about the Holy Horn section over here? I mean, like, I am like, that is, that, that blows my mind. I love that Holy Horn section. I don't know what all they got going on over there. I mean, that's some... See, some of y'all don't know how spoiled you are. I go in different churches, you know what I mean? There's, I mean, I got some person, you know, people on, on a piano pecking with one finger, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, singing Kumbaya and, you know, but uh, it's, uh, you're blessed, you're blessed. So, uh, man, I'm excited. I, I love what, the, man, the Holy Horn section, that got me this week. I love that, man. You know what? I think one of the things I love the most about those folks that were over there is that in the moments when they weren't still playing their, their instrument in worship, they were still engaged in worship. I watched them. They would step back when they weren't worship or when they weren't worshiping, playing their instrument. They would have their hands raised. They would be singing. They would be engaged in what God is doing. And that is that is a huge key for all of us. When when we don't necessarily have something planned out to do, it does not mean we do not stay plugged in. All right, so man, I love that, and make sure Pastor Adam pass that along, man. I, I man, I loved I loved that this week. And brother, bass player got me jacked up every morning. I mean. <laughs> I love that guy. I love that guy. Man. I mean, I'm not like, he was, I'm like, let's go. Let's go. In fact, I, I told you, in the, I, I think I told him in the first service, I, I said, Pastor Kurt, I don't know who I want to steal more, that Holy Horn section or Brother, Bla- or Brother Bass. I love them both. I think I'm just trying to take both of them out of here with me. But, man, I, it was awesome, man. What a great group of folks you, you, you've been this week. And you've been so uh, gracious to me and my wife, and you've overlooked my spitting and all that stuff. And so I really, really appreciate that so much. And so uh, thank you for serving. Thank you for being in. And then the other thing I want to encourage us, in is that, uh, you know, as your pastor mentioned, I and mean, we mentioned a couple times throughout the week, but if God did something in your life this week, it is hugely, it is greatly important for you to share that of what God's done in your life this week. And of course, you know, you can go to centralconnect.org forward slash hub, see that I'm picking that stuff up. Uh, I, I don't, I, I know nothing about your church other than if you need anything, you go there because you're going to find it on the hub, right? And so listen, if God's done something in your life, it's, it's gravely important for you to share that and because for a couple of things. Number one is that whenever God gives you a blessing, when he blesses you, it's not just to bless you, it's to bless others around you. So if you try and keep it to yourself, why would he ever bless you again? 
You know, it's kind of like what I, I told the first service this. is it's like, uh, When you look at the geography of, of the Middle East, and in particular Israel, uh, there's the Sea of Galilee that's one of the most fertile places in the world. It is gorgeous. It is beautiful. I mean, lush plants. I mean, just it's, it's an amazing place. And then the river flows down out of it and all the way south down to the Dead Sea. And then into the Dead Sea, everything flows into the Dead Sea, but nothing flows out of the Dead Sea. One of the reasons it's called the Dead Sea is because things go there and they don't leave. They stay there. When you're stagnant, you become dead. And, and it, you just mount up these deposits of all the goodness that you should have been enjoying and you've kept them to yourself and they stack up and they end up suffocating you because you just continue to take in and never give out. Listen to me, it is the plan of God that what he gives to us, we should not be able to keep to ourselves. Let's keep, let's be real about it. The goodness of God is way bigger than what I can contain in myself. So I'm gonna invite you, when God does something in your life, it is hugely important for you to share that. And one of the ways you can do that is if you go online, we'd love to know what God's been doing. Make sure you tell people. And man, it, it's gonna be a great... Uh, a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit because the reality is, as your pastor said, uh, and I, I kind of say it probably a little bit more harshly, that's why he's the pastor and I'm just the screaming evangelist, that the dog and pony show is leaving. You know, I, I'm not here to entertain you. You're going to jump around and make you feel good about what I'm saying. You know, I, I know, I, and I try sometimes to not be as like exuberant and, you know, my passion sometimes just kind of overwhelms me, but there's moments when, listen to me, I'm not here to entertain you. I'm here for us to go into the throne room of God together so that we can see lives change, community change, county change, nation change. And, and so uh, let's dive into God's word here this morning. And that's what I really want to talk about. What does this mean to live in, in the continuing current of the presence of God, this overflow that we continue in a daily life? Not just will we gather together here when there's special services or, you know, we sing your favorite song or the preacher screams at just the right moment or whatever might be going on in our life, that we are continually living in the presence of God. God wants to walk with us every step of the way. And as we look here at Exodus chapter 33, I want to give us a little bit of context. You know, I don't know if I've said this phrase yet all week long, but this is really true. When you study God's word, it's important to understand the context. A text without a context is nothing but a pretense. Right, So you, you need to know what's kind of going on around Scripture. And so here in Exodus chapter 33, I'll kind of give you the Reader's Digest version. Many of you probably watched Charlton Heston, you know, uh, with the Ten Commandments and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, here's what happens is the nation of Israel set, set free from Egyptian slavery. Over 400 years of bondage they had been in Egyptian slavery. And we know, you know, as they went through the ten plagues and they apply the blood of the lamb over the doorposts of their home and the spirit of death passes over them. That's why it's called Passover. And there's set free and then they go out and God leads them through the Red Sea and uh, you know one of my favorite things about you know call that, that moment is, is there, there's some people out there that have tried to disprove scripture you know it's one of my favorite things about it the more people try and disprove scripture the more they just prove God's God you know, for 2,000 years, they've been trying to go after this thing. Every other religion in the world has been found false and they've yet to find the body of my Jesus. But here, you know, as they're, as they're traveling through and get to the Red Sea, and we know Pharaoh and his chariots are now coming after Israel, and they get through the Red Sea. There's some scholars that say that the nation of Israel went through the Red Sea in an area known the, as, as the Reed Sea. Right, and it's like an area that's just—it's full of reeds. That's why it's called the reed sea, and it's only like maybe six, eight, twelve inches deep at the deepest part of that water. So it's like, oh, it's no big deal that they walk through that. Okay, first of all, that's wrong. 
But second of all, how about I just agree with you to show you how wrong you are anyway? Because if, 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 if the nation was able to walk through in six to eight inches of water, look what God did. He drowned the fiercest army of the day in six inches of water. Don't tell me my God and the big God. However you want to look at it, God's still God. You know, so here's the reality of it. They, they get set free. They have this amazing experience. And then they just get out into the desert. And as they're at, at, at Mount Sinai now, as they hang a right, and they go down to Mount Sinai. And, and there they have this encounter with the Lord. And Moses goes up Mount Sinai. He's receiving the tablets. And as he's coming back down the mountain, he hears the sound of rebellion that the people, that they just couldn't hang on. They had had a tremendous week of services. They'd seen God do miracles and signs and wonders, deliverance and salvation had come to them. But then in a moment when they were taken out of the rush of the amazing presence of God and they needed to live life, they couldn't do it on their own. And so they tried to figure it out on their own. They tried to do it all on their own. And we know as even Moses is up on the mountain, they, they get Aaron and they, they have him come over and they give him all his, all their gold and they throw gold into a fire. And Aaron even comes up with like one of the most lame excuses I've ever read throughout scripture. Aaron essentially says, I don't know, they gave me all their gold and then I put it in the fire and all of a sudden out came this golden calf. I don't know how it happened. It just came out. Really? You kidding me? You know, the spirit of slap come all over him. <laughs> Moses comes down and he has this, you know, just this rage and he can't believe his nation had fallen away from the Lord. See, Israel would experience these, these roller coasters, these, these sliding roller coasters of getting in and out of the presence of God. Listen to me today. God does not want you on a sliding roller coaster. He wants you in a steady relationship and this continual outpouring of the presence of God in your lives. What does it look like when it's all said and done and over with, when the evangelist is done screaming, when your favorite song isn't playing anymore, when people are telling you that life is never going to be the same again, that it is the way it is. You're just going to have to deal with this the rest of your life and all the pain and all the heartache, all the agony of this world. And even as we've heard the loss, the, the, the tragedy that strikes in this world, how do we continue to live in this overflow of the presence of God, a continual current of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our life? Let's look at this passage of scripture now as, as, as Israel has come together and Moses is crying out for his nation and for his people. If you found Exodus chapter 33 and you're able, would you stand this morning for the reading of God's word? Exodus chapter 33, starting at verse 7. Here's what the word of the Lord says on a snowy morning. First Sunday, the Steelers aren't playing football. Mm. God, I love Matt Canada, but would you do something? Thank you, Lord. Amen. I got an amen there. It's the biggest amen I got all week, Pastor Curry. In verse 7. It says, Exodus 33, verse 7 says, It was Moses' practice to take the tent of meeting and set it up some distance from the camp. Everyone who wanted to make a request of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And when Moses went out to the tent of meeting, all the people would get up and stand in their entrances of their own tents. They would all watch Moses until he disappeared inside. As he went inside the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and hover over its entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. When the people saw the cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they would stand and bow in the front of their own tents. Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses. Listen to this now. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one who speaks with a friend. Afterward, Moses would return to the camp, but the young man who assisted him, Joshua, son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of meeting. 
One day Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, take these people up to the promised land, but you haven't told me whom you will send with me. You have told me I know you by name and I look favorably upon you. If it is true that you look favorably on me, let me know your ways so that I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. And remember that this nation is your very own people. And the Lord replied in verse 14, I will personally, man, that's awesome. I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. And that's just like a calming moment. You want to talk about rest. You know, there's this old Southern gospel song that says, I got a feeling everything is going to be all right. Come on, let's pray. Father, one more time, would you release the power of your written word into our lives? Lord, in the strong name of your son Jesus, may distractions be gone. Lord, may faith rise on our souls. Lord, I pray that we would not just be hearers of your word, but Lord, may we be doers of your word as well. As we move forward, Lord, and Lord, walk and live in the, in the continual current of the presence of God. Lord, may we never stop enjoying the overflow. Lord, as you continue to pour out yourself in our life, and Lord, our cup runs over. Lord, I pray all our family, all our friends, the people that we ever get to be around, Lord, that the overflow, the presence of God would flow out of our cup, and Lord, they would enjoy that that outsplash, that overflow, Lord, that, that, that blessing of God. Lord, have your way in our lives today. Be glorified, Lord. Keep me in the shadow of your cross. God, I love you. In Jesus' name. Come on, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Listen, I don't know what this looks like for you, but again, this is, as our week is kind of coming to a close here, and, and this is not the end, as your pastor said, this is not the end of anything. I believe every day is a new beginning with the Lord. That's why the Bible says his mercies are brand new every morning. God wants to be sweeter with you today than what he was yesterday. The latter rain is always greater than the former rain. The latter house is always greater than the former house. That when we move forward and grow in the Lord, that every day would Jesus is sweeter than the day before. How does this work out? How do we live in this principle of presence? How do we live in the continual current of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God in our life? See, because many of us, we've, we've come in and out of the meetings and, you know, I, let's just, just kind of for giggles, for my sakes, I just kind of want to see how many of you have already heard all my corny jokes and all that stuff already. So I'll try and spare you a little bit. But this week, how many of you've been in how many, how many services we figure out? You figure that out now when we get, once we get there, right? But how, how many have been to at least one service this week? That's it. Now leave them up. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. Today's day eight. Man, you people, you're nuts. You people with your hands up, you're nuts. You're nuts. Listen, the reason I said that is that oftentimes as we can kind of have these special moments where we, you know, we we have them designated in our calendar and we set that time aside and, you know, as as we move forward in our daily life, what does this look like to continually live in the presence of God? Because let's be real, it's easy to worship God inside of here. It's easy to hear God's voice in here. It's easy to, to, to be on fire for God and get excited for God in here. But what about out there? Because <laughs> in reality, unless Jesus comes back during 1030 on a Sunday morning, you got to be living for the Lord out there too. 
You know, so what does this look like that we continually live in the presence of God? How do we live in this principle of presence? Well, let's go back to our scripture here. In verse 7 it says, It was Moses' practice to take the tent of meeting and set it up some distance from the camp. Hear what I said here. Moses would take his tent of meeting and he would set it up some distance from the camp. Listen to me. If you want to live in the principle of the presence of God in every day of your life, listen to me. You have to remove yourself out of the things of this world and into the person of the Lord. You've got to remove yourself to God. Away from this world and towards Jesus. I want you to understand what this scripture is saying here. The Bible says that he would take this tent. And by the way, Moses would set this tent up. Moses set this tent up, and we'll read later on that other people got to enjoy this tent. Then Moses went in and set this tent up outside the camp, and this is different, this tent of meeting, it's different than what you would remember throughout Scripture later on, is what is called the tabernacle, the traveling temple that they would have, like, because this, the, this plans for the temple, aren't, or the plans for the tabernacle aren't laid out until chapter 27 and 36, and it's actually not even finished until Exodus chapter 40, and this is obviously way different than the, than the permanent temple that was built in Jerusalem, and then, you know, it was destroyed, and then again in AD 7, Eighty seventy was destroyed as well. But what I'm telling you is that this temple, this, this tent of meeting was a temporary place. It was outside the camp. You say, Tim, what am I telling you today? You cannot wait for the perfect circumstances of God to meet with the Lord. You can't wait for the perfect time where everything is working just right. And, you know, they play, oh, it, you know, Caleb played that song at just the right moment. You know, your preacher preached just the right moment. Pastor Adam, he sang the right song at just the right, I've got a new name. You got, you got to get past in just those, just those moments of like that, Where the rubber meets the road, when everything isn't going your way, when the doctor gives you a report that you thought you'd never hear, when that person that you thought loved you and was committed to you, and you found out that they've been disloyal, whenever things have come out and you've given your very best at your workplace, and the person that's only been there just a few weeks gets the promotion way ahead of you, or you show up one day and you've invested in your life into a company, and the best they could give you is a thank you and a pink slip at the end of the day. I know there's moments and times when things don't work out for us, when it doesn't make sense, when nothing is going our way, it hasn't changed the fact that God is still on the throne and that he wants to have a relationship with us. Listen to me, the temporary circumstances of this world cannot dictate our eternal relationship with Jesus, who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords forever and ever. The temporary cannot dictate the eternal. We can't allow the things of this world to dictate how we see and perceive and worship the Lord. Don't wait to meet with God. Be determined. I have decided. I've made up my mind. You've got to make a determination even before the pain and the agony and the heartache and the circumstances of this world. Even as the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, long before they were thrown into the fire, they said, oh king, even if God doesn't save us out of that fire, we will not worship anyone else but the Lord. Listen to me, long before the fire comes, you've got to make a determination in your heart right here and right now that I have decided I've made up my mind. And we all know what happened. 
happens as you are committed to the Lord. Lord, the Lord's more committed to you than you are to him. And even though you might get thrown in that fire, the kings of this world will step back and say, oh, I thought there were only three people, but I see somebody, I see four people in that fire. You're not gonna walk through this fire alone. Listen to me, you might go through the waters, but they won't sweep over you. You might have to go through the rivers, but you won't drown. You might have to go through the fire, but they won't even set you ablaze, and you're gonna come out on the other side, not even smelling like smoke. That's the goodness of God. That's the goodness of God. Don't wait to meet with God. Notice Moses didn't just go outside the camp. (laughs) Scripture said he went some distance away. Some of us, we've been meddling in the things of this world while trying to hang on to a relationship with Jesus. We've tried to We've tried to act like we had it all figured out. We tried to act like it was all together and we tried to keep one foot in the world and then try and hold on to Jesus here. Can I tell you, the Lord will not bless a divided home. And when I mean that, I'm talking about your life, you personally. If your mind is divided, you are not, listen, with Jesus, it's in, it's all in or nothing. It's all in or nothing. You can't just barely say, you know, I'm going to serve God at 1030 on a Sunday morning and then come seven o'clock tonight, you're doing things you know are far away from the things of the world. Listen, if, if what happens in here and your relationship with the Lord doesn't change how we live out there, you really have no relationship with God because one second with the Lord changes eternity. And if your life has not changed, you really have not been with Jesus. We have to discipline ourselves not to rely on what we see in everyday life, but we need to remove ourselves out of the ordinary to experience the extraordinary. We have to remove ourselves out of the ordinary to experience the extraordinary. Listen to me. I'll say it this way. If you want to live a supernatural life, you have to stop relying on what comes natural. If you want to live a supernatural life, you have to stop relying on what comes natural. Jude says it this way, and this is probably one of the most sobering scriptures in the whole entire New Testament. Jude 18 and 19 says, And these last times there will be scoffers who follow their own ungodly desires. These are the men who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts, and do not have the Spirit of God. If we ever get to the place where we think we know how to do this, oh boy. The longer I preach and the longer I serve the Lord, the more I come to understand I need him. I need him today. I don't have this thing all figured out. The more I know, the more I realize I don't know. Come on. God's so much deeper. He's so much further. He's so much stronger. He's so much bigger than what I could comprehend. Listen, we have to make sure that we're not relying on what comes natural to us. And these last days, listen to me today, uh, God is not asking for you to go out and rally a bunch of people to get together around your political opinions or to try to persuade them to somehow think like you and look like you and act like you. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. We are here to reflect the glory of God and not get people on our side and get people to like us and people to agree with us and people to like all our garbage on social media. Listen to me today. Our goal is one thing and one thing only. It is to plunder hell and populate heaven for the glory of God. And until all 210,000 people of Washington County hear that Jesus is the Lord of all, we've got a lot of work to do. We got a lot of work to do. We have to remove ourselves from ourselves. 
I've got to be careful sometimes to not rely on what I've experienced already. Huh. And that's the pitfall. Those of us that have been in church for any length of time, those of us that have had a relationship with the Lord for any length of time, that is a, listen to me, this is a word of caution. Don't ever act like you know what's going on without understanding it is a full dependency upon Jesus. If we're not approaching the Lord with the same hunger that we had on day one, mm, you remember how that felt when you first surrendered your life to the Lord? You remember how that felt, that excitement, that overwhelm? You couldn't help but tell people about what happened in your life. You were just overwhelmed with the goodness of God, but then all of a sudden we got smarter, didn't we? Oh, we got to wait for the right time. You know, you know, I'm just planting seeds right now. I'm just doing this. I'm just doing that. All sounds great. And we get all super spiritual with that nonsense. Meanwhile, people are dying and going to hell. It's because we're just trying to follow our own natural instincts and what makes us feel good in the moment. Sooner or later, we got to get past ourselves and we got to start serving the Lord with everything we have and stop worrying about the consequences and what other people think about us. But with reckless abandonment, we say, here I am, Lord, send me. Many times we, we come and we even want other people to give us direction. It's not just removing ourselves from ourselves, but oftentimes it's the influence of others. Listen, when oftentimes in a week like this or in meetings like this, you know, we'll pray with people and different things will be going on and the Lord moves and I, I love how, how, how God, you know, works amongst his body and different people, you know, operate in different giftings of the Holy Spirit and there's different things that have happened and you've seen that this week as, as different gifts have been at work and, you know, we've spoken and, we, and we've had wonderful times in the presence of God and there's different things that will happen but here's the reality, ladies and gentlemen, you don't need me to get to God. You need to be able to hear God from yourself. You got to call in the name of Jesus yourself because one day you're going to stand before God and it's just going to be you and him and you're going to have to give an account for your life and your mommy and your daddy, your preacher, your pastor, your lawyer, whoever, whatever, your spouse, nobody's going to be there with you. You're going to have to give an account for yourself. What'd you do? God's desire is to speak to you directly and then oftentimes he'll use others to affirm the calling and, conf- and word that he's already placed in your life. You gotta be real careful in these days. And in Pentecostal circles, I, I wanna make sure I say this. Because in these days, and in the world of social media, and everybody can stand in front of a camera, there's a lot of holy prophets and apostles that are out there, and they're here to tell you of the word of the Lord that if you send them a hundred bucks, somehow you're gonna get healed. You know, they come up with all these crazy things, and they got a word from you, or for, from God for you. Let me tell you something, folks. This is how God works, that He wants to speak to you directly first. I can tell you just about every time I've ever felt the Lord use me to, to speak into somebody's life, I've, n- I've never said anything to them that God wasn't already working on them before I got to them. See, because I'm telling you, I can't outwork God. I can't get ahead of God. God's presence goes way ahead of us, and then we are just following his leading. He's not following your leading. We're following his. And so when people speak to you, you have to first understand you've got to weigh it against the standard of his word. And that if it meets the standard of his word, is it what God, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you in this moment? And if those things don't line up, listen, God bless him and smile and thank him or whatever, but walk away and understand everything that everybody says isn't always from God. And that includes this guy up here in the white shoes that's spitting all over you right now. I'm not perfect. Nobody is. Nobody's perfect. You've got to be able to know who God is for yourself. We have to separate ourselves from the things of this world. First, her 2 Corinthians 6, 17 and 18 says it this way. Come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. 
touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Let me say it to you this way. When we, flirt, when we flirt with the temporary lust of this world, we are forfeiting the eternal love of our Father. When we flirt with the temporary lust of this world that is just there to satisfy our, an instant gratification and take care of what I want and what I feel and what I think I deserve here and now in the moment, can we get past ourselves, our entitled community and our entitled nation and our entitled culture? Here's what, here's what the Bible says you deserve today. For the wages of sin is death. That doesn't make you feel good. Preacher, come in on a Sunday morning. I'm here to cheer you up. You deserve to die. <laughs> but that's reality because we're a fallen people. The wages of sin is death. The only thing we deserve is to die. We don't deserve a check from our government. We don't deserve health care. We don't deserve free speech. We don't deserve clothes on our back. We don't deserve to have air in our lungs. Listen, we don't deserve, we don't deserve food. We don't deserve anything except to die because we are a sinful people. But I'm thankful today that the grace of God goes further than my sin, that his grace is greater. And when I surrender to him and I call on his name myself, he reaches down and he picks me up out of the miry clay and sets me upon the rock of the person of Jesus Christ. We can't allow the distant cries of others to distract us from our destiny in Jesus Christ. Come out and be separate, says the Lord. And when we separate ourselves, it sets us in a place to experience the presence of God. I so appreciated the practical steps of your pastor that as we move through this week, to, to keep the new patterns. Listen, if you weren't here every night or if this was the first time you've been here all week, listen to me, start him today. There's still time, but it's now. I can't guarantee you there's gonna be another hour. I can't guarantee you there's gonna be another day. We've all got to make a decision today. Keep the new patterns that God has placed in your life. I mean, my goodness, if you have heard more from God over this last week, don't go back to the garbage that you had left behind, but stay in the purity of the power of Jesus Christ and you are going to continually move in the current of the overflow of the presence of God in your life. Keep the new patterns. What does that mean? I don't know about you, but I know about last night, about 8.30, because, you know, we didn't have service last night, first time in a whole week. About 8.30 last night, I was counting to three. <laughs> Started counting to three. But you've built a pattern in your life to pursue God's presence. Pursue God's presence. Before your day gets started, some of you were a part of those, those was it 8 a.m. or 8.30 prayer times? Do it every day. You don't need somebody to pop up on a camera to tell you to pray. You don't need somebody to pop up and, and lead you in, in a worship song or lead you in, into pursuing and just being in the presence of God. Continue to do that. You're going to find out that'll be your source of life. It'll calm your day. It'll start you out on the right foot. And then end your day in the presence of God. Don't let, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Walk in a right relationship and trust the Lord in every moment and every season of your life. Keep the new patterns. Get rid of the old habits. Get rid of that junk. I know I just, I was, 
Man, I heard somebody today, they'd, they'd sent the testimony. I know you had shared it with me earlier, and then I met them this morning. They came, and, and, and listen, God had delivered them this past week, delivered them instantly. They had been addicted uh, to cigarettes, and I can't remember, there's something else that she was, uh, all day, and, and in a moment, listen, cigarettes are going to keep you from the Lord. Let me just say that right now. I don't know if you've ever heard a Pentecostal preacher tell you before, but smoking a cigarette doesn't kick you out of heaven. But when you continue to pursue those things instead of the person of Jesus Christ, when you are more dependent upon the things of this world than you are dependent upon the power and the presence of Jesus Christ, that's whenever it becomes a problem. It, and we set it up as an idol in front of the Lord. And, my, and she told us this week that as she began to pray, she wasn't even able to be in the service, that she got set free. But I was looking in the camera, she said, in a, in a moment, in an instant, as we all were praying, and the presence of God in a very moment, that addiction fell off of her. She even tried to smoke the next day, and it tasted so bad, she spit it out of her mouth. Come on! Come on! Get rid of the old patterns and get involved in discipleship. I love that. Your home groups, or connect groups. I'm going to call them. So I'm going to get involved in connect groups. Or call connect groups from now on. If you don't like it, change it tomorrow. Connect groups. You say, how do I do that? Again, I've been in your church for one week, and I know this. If you want to find out anything, go to the hub. <laughs> go to the hub. Get involved. Say, Tim, I don't like, you know, I'm not sure if I'm comfortable or I'm being around. I just don't know other people, blah, 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 blah. I love you enough to tell you this. I said this about something else earlier, but the principle is the same, so follow me. If you don't like being around God's people, heaven may not be the place for you. You think you're going to be alone? Think nobody else is going to be there but you and Jesus? Come on. Sink it in for some of us right now. I know. Get involved. Iron sharpens iron. We can ask each other questions. We can grow together. We can do life together. This is the Bible lived out. If anyone was in need, they gave, my goodness, I love the practical uh, uh, miracle that happened earlier this week. If you weren't here, I mean, there was just some awesome things that somebody needed something. I mean, your church kicked in in a second. I love what God is doing in these last days. It means that we live together, we grow together, we, 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 we pursue the presence of God together. As we separate ourselves, listen to me, people will notice that you're not part of the crowd. When you take yourself out of the pressure and out of the, 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 out of, out of the junk and the pain and, and the noise of this world and you pursue the, the, the steady sound of heaven, people are going to notice that you're not like everybody else. People tell me that all the time. They're like, you're different, aren't you? <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, I am. My mommy always said it's special. <laughs> That's right. For, oh, you people are too fun. Verse 8 says it this way, whenever Moses went out to the tent of meeting, all the people would get up and stand in the entrances of their own tents, and they would all watch Moses until he disappeared inside. And as he went inside, the pillar of cloud would come down and hover over its entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Listen to me. As others watch us, we, we, as we get caught up into the presence of God, we are going to reflect the glory of God into their lives, and it's going to give them an opportunity to stand up out of their tents and begin to worship the Lord as well. And verse 10, it goes on to say, when people saw the cloud standing at the entrance, 
entrance of the tent, they would stand and bow down in front of their own tents. Listen to me. When you passionately worship the Lord, when you passionately pursue the presence of God, people are going to take notice and it's going to cause them to evaluate their lives. And when they get, when they see a glimpse, listen to me, when people see a glimpse of the glory of God, it causes them to understand that he is God and we are not and that we need him and they begin to worship God and it's all because you passionately pursue the presence of God and you are reflecting the light of the Lord into a dark and dying world. People that are living in darkness, they are, listen to me, they're looking everywhere for the answers. Witchcraft and idolatry and Satanism and drugs and addiction and all the garbage of this world is in an all-time high because people are looking for answers. My God, why are we trying to hide it? We have the genuine article. Let's give them the truth. Let's give them the genuine source of life. And his name is Jesus. When people see you, do they see Jesus? Jeannie Mayo, who's a, a youth guru kind of in our movement, she used to say this, be Jesus with skin on. We have to remove ourselves unto the Lord. Look at verse, the end of verse 7. It says, everyone who wanted to make a request of the Lord would go into the tent of meeting outside the camp. Yeah. you got to make your request known to the Lord. Once you're in the presence of God, don't just sit there. Let him know. Enjoy that time with the Lord. He wants to hear from you. He wants you to talk. Listen to me. What a friend we have in Jesus. Stop bearing all the pain and the garbage and the heartache and the circumstances of this world and surrender it to the Lord. When you're in the presence of God, you will find everything you will ever need. You'll find everything you ever need. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says it this way. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And listen to me. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, make your requests known to God. And that's when peace begins to sweep through our hearts. Listen to me. We are not designed to carry around the weight of this world. You're not. Listen to me, parents. You are not designed to carry around the responsibility of every decision that your, that your kids are making. It's impossible. It's impossible. You have to create an environment that they are able to make the right choices. They're going to have to have a choice. There's a way to go. Left and right is the way to go. But sooner or later, they're going to have to make a choice for themselves. But you can stand upon Proverbs and still believe, train up a child in the way they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. You got to stand on the promises of God. You got to be able to pursue God on your own here. And you got to understand that when I know this is an old cliche, but this is, man, this is so true. When we declare our dependency upon God, God declares his independence upon us. We say, God, I need you in every moment. You know what? The longer I preach and the more I'm in ministry and, and we go around the world and we see a lot of different things and watch God do all kinds of awesome stuff in this world, what I've come to understand is this. I have two guiding principles that are unshakable in my life and you will never be able to dissuade me and knock me off these two principles. Number one, there is a God. Number two, I am not him. Can I put two A in there? Neither are you. I mean, because if I was God, this all be done and over with by now. You know what I mean? Like we had it all figured out, right? 
Because oftentimes we think we know more and we're trying to convince God in our prayer to do it our way, even though we're the ones that made the mistake. Remember we talked about this Thursday night? We have to stop praying our words and start declaring the promises of God in our prayers. Pray God's word. If you don't know God's word, my goodness, if you got a smart device, even if you don't got a smart device, there's plenty of Bibles around. Listen, there, there's the Version Bible app, there's Bible Gateway, there's Blue Letter Bible. I mean, there's all kinds of, never in the world have we ever had more access to the, to the holy scriptures of God's word, but never in the world have we been more illiterate of, the, of his word. What are you anxious about? That's gonna show your weakness. Whatever you're anxious about, that shows your weaknesses. Are you anxious about your marriage? Are you anxious about your finance? Are you anxious about your job? Are you anxious about your, uh, I don't know, your relationship with your kids? Are you anxious about, I don't know, whatever you're anxious about. That's going to, that, that reveals, that gives you an indicator of, of what your weaknesses are. But what I'm thankful for tonight, or this morning, is when we surrender our weaknesses to the Lord, his strength is made perfect in us. That's why Paul goes on to say in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, I can do all things because Jesus will give me the strength to do them. When I surrender my weakness to the Lord, when I make my requests known to the Lord, it connects me to him. Because Jesus, as we talked about, he is a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. He understands pain. He understands separation. He understands heartache and anguish and trials and torment and heartache of this world. But when we surrender those things to the Lord, you listen to me, when you're going through pain, when you're going through heartache, you have never been closer to the Lord than what you are right then. He is a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. And when we surrender those weaknesses to the Lord, when we surrender what we are anxious about, we are more connected to God than what we've ever been connected before. And he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. In fact, the Bible says he sticks closer than even a brother does. He'll walk with you every step of the way. This is really what peace is. Peace, it's understanding. It's not up to me to fix everybody's problems. I can't even fix my own. Come on. My responsibility isn't to fix. My responsibility is to give God opportunity. Come on. I'm editing right now. Let's give me a second. You ever had the spinning wheel, you know, on your, on your computer? That's what's happening right now. In fact, let me give you, talk, talk among, I'm going to give you a topic. Talk amongst yourselves. A peanut is neither a pea nor a nut. Discuss. All right. I don't know where it comes from. I really don't. I don't. You're my inspiration, man. You are. That's what you get for sitting in the front, right? Can I say this, though, too? And I, I say this in our home church, so don't think I'm singling y'all out. Why does the, the, the back always fill up faster than the front? And then, listen, if you're sitting in the back, I enjoy sitting in the back myself, so I get it. Listen, I'm, not, I'm, I'm in with you, all right? When I'm visiting a church somewhere or whatever, I sit in the back. And that usually means I'm not engaged. Oh boy. Listen, if you're a leader in this house, don't sit in the back anymore. I love you. <laughs> Super quiet in the house. Wow. Whew. Yeah, thank you for that. Listen, we've... <laughs> 
We remove ourselves to the Lord. We make our requests to the Lord. And lastly is this, we need to remain in the Lord. Stay, remain. Don't just jump to what's new, what's fresh, what's exciting, what's popular. The Bible here says in verse 11, inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one who speaks to a friend and after Moses would return to the camp. But the young man who assisted him, Joshua, son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of meeting. Man, I love this. Can you imagine the Lord Almighty speaking with you face to face? Woo. That is a crazy thing for me. The Bible here says it was as a man speaks, uh, as a man speaks with a friend. If you were to go further in, in, in Exodus 33, verse 20 says that, that the Lord told Moses, you can't see me face to face for no one may see me and live. So it's not as if like, you know, it, it's not as if like, you know, Moses and the Lord were like straight up face to face. You know what I mean? Nose to nose. It wasn't that way at all. It's that, that they could converse and they could be with each other and speak with each other as a friend speaks with a friend. That, uh, you say, tell me what am I getting at today? Listen to me. I want you to think about this for just a moment. Those that you are most comfortable with, you can spend time with each other without ever saying a word. But those you really don't want to be around, as soon as the conversation is up, you're trying to find a way to end the conversation. Come on, somebody. When how do you, you know people, I'm t- you know who I'm talking about, those folks that are like, right, and you're like, <laughs> you're trying to breathe for them, you know, like tell them, <laughs> right, every time you're, yeah, thank, see ya, thank, yeah, thank you, God, yeah, we'll see you later, yeah, we'll see you, great to hear it, all right, God bless, thank you, have a great night, right, I mean, you just go through all those things, you have those moments, But the people that you're most comfortable with, you can be with them without ever saying a word because you want to be with them. Regardless of the circumstances, regardless of what's going on and around you. My wife and I, Katie, I love my life, high school sweethearts. My goodness, I love you. We started dating before she was allowed to date because I was good with the parents. Come on, somebody. But my wife and I, as we grow and mature, I mean, I love having conversations with her, right? But there's moments that we enjoy the most, regardless of where we are and regardless of what's going on. We're just together. No matter where, no matter what's going on, we're just together. I enjoy just being with my wife. I don't need to talk. I just want to be with her. And you know what? I'll even go places I don't really want to go. Just because she's gone, I want to go with her. I come against the spirit of TJ Maxx in the name of Jesus. You foul spirit of Hobby Lobby, come out! She won't sit in a tree stand with me yet, though. We're going to get there. Are you comfortable enough with God just to steady your heart, steady your soul? He just wants to be with you. Relax. Relax. It's okay. Everything's going to be fine.
Joshua wanted to be near the Lord. So he stayed behind. He stayed behind. I believe that's why Joshua was the one that the Lord allowed to lead them into the promised land. This was Joshua's source of strength. And the Lord tells Joshua, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to the inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. When we set a place apart to meet with God, it's not just being around the presence of God, but it's to live in the presence of God. It's a continual current. It's a continual current that we're just not in and out of the presence of God and experience these emotional highs and lows, but we stay in the continual current of the presence of God. And nothing in this world can shake us from the fact that Jesus is walking with us and he is talking with us and he is telling us that we are his own. When Jesus is with me, there's just an overwhelming sense of peace because I know everything is going to be just fine. It's going to be just fine. Jesus is going to walk. Listen, he's already in the car waiting for you. He's already at home waiting for you to step into your living room and hear your spouse tell you how crazy you are for coming to church this morning. He's already there in that doctor's appointment waiting for you. He's there. He's already there in that, listen, he's, he's standing beside your locker in school right now. He's waiting for you. He's there. You can't outrun the presence of God. When we live in the constant presence of God, there's nothing that can shake us. Verse 12 said, Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, take these people up to the promised land, but you haven't told me whom you will send for me or who you will send with me. You've told me, I know you by name and I look favorably upon you. If it's true that you look favorably on me, let me know your way so I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. And remember that this nation is your very own people. See, Moses was more concerned about what he had to do. One of the assumptions that Moses had to get over is that the presence of God just wasn't a moment where he could converse with the Lord face to face in the tent of meeting. But when Moses left the tent of meeting, that God was going to go with him. When you leave the emotional high of an amazing service and all that's going on this week, I got news for you, God wants to go with you. Experience is momentary and situational, but relationship is eternal and steady. Stop coming in and out of the presence of God and be committed to the person of Jesus Christ. Stop trying to find the, the, the largest church or the, mo- the most, you know, the newest church or the newest fad. Who gets the most views on YouTube? Stop running around and trying to find the next hot spot and begin to understand everywhere that you go, Jesus wants to go before you and walk with you every step of the way. He will not leave you alone. You just got to trust him and listen to his voice. The Lord told Moses, I will personally go with you. I will give you rest and everything will be fine for you. I'll personally go with you. My presence will go with you. It's this Hebrew word, paneum, which means face. That the face of God would... (laughs) Moses, I'm looking at you. Just because you can't see me looking at you doesn't mean I'm not looking at you. There's something... Listen... There's something powerful to know that God's face, he's looking at you right now. His eyes are upon you. My wife, as we travel up and down the road, you know, I do a lot of the driving sometimes or whatever. And, uh, you know, a lot of times I'm driving and I'm, she's talking. It's great. I'm a multitasker. So I'm doing all kinds of things, you know, not to mention with the snow on the, bro- on, on the hills and stuff, I'm looking at deer, you know. 
It's weird. Wherever you turn your face, that's kind of where your car kind of goes that direction. Because wherever you, you fix your eyes, that's where you end up going. But one of the things she wants to do is that when she talks to me, she actually wants me to look at her. That's weird. I can hear you without looking at you, but there's something about the attention of whenever the king, he's looking right at you. You have the attention of the king. His eyes are upon you. The Bible says he knows when a sparrow falls from the sky. How much more does he know where you are? He knows the number of hair on your head. You are not far and distant from God, but the eyes of the Lord are upon you. He sees you today and he loves you with an everlasting love. Now, some of us hear that, that the eyes of the Lord are upon us and we're scared to death because we know there's impurity. We know we've made mistakes. We know we've come up short, but this is the wonderful grace and the love of Jesus Christ that when you, when he fixes his eyes on you, you can look up to him and, allow, and understand the only reason he's looking at you is because he loves you. He's giving you full attention. Let's be honest and real. Before one of your days ever came to be, his full attention has been upon you. The Bible said he fearfully and wonderfully made you. He took time out of the busy schedule of God Almighty, the creator of the universe, to make you just the way you are. He loves you just the way you are. You don't have to be somebody else. You don't have to try and act like you're something else, but you can come to God in openness and honesty because his eyes are upon you. He already knows you. He knows you intimately. My goodness, he knitted you together in your mother's womb. Before one of your days ever came to be, he already had them planned out for you. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans of hope and of a future that his eyes are upon you. The faith of the Lord is turned towards you today and you are highly favored of the Lord you just need to understand even though you can't see him he sees you he sees you come on you stand to your feet with me this morning God's favor is upon you it's not determined by your performance it's dictated by the person of Jesus Christ it's not what you can do to earn the favor of God it's that we should surrender our lives to the Lord and he gives us his very best we when we give him our very worst he gives us his very best think about that today God's saying to you he wants to relieve you of the pressure to perform and he wants to turn his face towards you and bless you that's why Moses and the priests and Aaron, this is how they would bless the nation of Israel. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and give you grace. May he turn his face towards you and give you peace. Grace and peace is what I want to leave with you this week. Grace and peace. Grace that God is good enough. His grace is greater than all our sin. And peace, that you have to work yourself up into some emotional frenzy every night about 8.30. That every day, in steadiness, stop running that sliding roller coaster of this world and stay in a steady relationship with the Lord. Trust God. Because the reality is He actually trusts you to make the right decision right now. He's given you the option. If you're in the room today, you're watching online, wherever you might be, say, Tim, today... I am not following Jesus. I've been on that roller coaster. I've been in and out of church. I've been in and out of the presence of God. I, I, you know, wherever you might be, whatever your circumstance might be, doesn't change the fact that the grace of God wants to be poured out in your life today. 
You know, if we've done this all week long, we simply pray a very simple prayer. The Bible says that we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth unto the salvation of God. You don't have to pray this prayer word for word, but somehow you need to mean it and somehow you need to confess it out loud. All across this room, I'm telling you, the Lord is listening right now. He's here. He's here. I want to invite everybody in the room to pray this prayer with me. I can promise you this prayer will not damage a soul. The person beside you might need to hear you praying with them right now. This is serious. You've heard the things that have happened even just yesterday morning. Life is not promised for tomorrow. You better be right with God today. I'm not here to scare you. This is just the reality. No, to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. Know that when you would take your last breath here on this earth, you're going to look and see Jesus face to face for the first time, and you'll hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Well, across this room, I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me this morning. It's just simple. We don't have to overcomplicate this. You have to say it word for word, but somehow you need to mean it, and somehow you got to declare this out loud. Come on, say Jesus. Come on, all across this house, say Jesus. I admit that I need you. I believe that you are God. And I confess you as the Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus, that heaven is now my home. From this day on, I will trust the Lord. I am saved. I am healed. I am whole. And I am free. In Jesus' name. Come on. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and go visit centralconnect.org for more information and media.